Hallelujah. God's good. Hallelujah. We have been on Wednesday nights, been working on um, talking about the life of faith. And um, we're going to continue with that a little bit tonight. And uh, we have, uh, in the course of the year, of course, been talking about a year of empowerment. And um, really, to be honest, there's not going to be a whole lot of empowerment if you, if you ain't going to trust God and believe God. Come on, right? I mean, that's what the life of faith is all about. So let's put our opening text up there, Mark 11 and 22, amen, uh, says, So Jesus answered and said unto them, Have faith in God, amen. So of course they, uh, the boys were asking, you know, about the fig tree that withered and, and uh, you know, he, you know, lets it be known that, you know, the same thing that happened to this fig tree is the same thing that can happen for you, he said. You know, in one text he says that, you know, you tell that mountain to be removed. Praise God. Actually, it's in the Mark text here. And uh, it says, you tell that mountain to move, and guess what? It'll go. Praise God. Amen? Hallelujah. And of course, we took a week and kind of talked on that. Um, tonight, <clears throat> um, let's go. Actually, I'll tell you what. Let's, uh, uh, Karen, put the uh, other translations of that verse, because it makes sense to put that up there, too. This is the amplified translation of that same verse, and it just adds constantly. Amen? How many know you got to walk in faith constantly? That was real weak. How many know you got to walk in faith constantly? Amen. It's not just when it feels good. Come on now. It's not when everything's going right. How many know there's sometimes, you know, you got to press a little bit. You're going to have to take your stand. Come on, right? All right. Let's put the other translation up there. I think this is the message translation. And uh, the reason I put it here is because it says Jesus was matter of fact about it. He said embrace this God life. In other words, this life of faith. Amen. And he said, really embrace it, and nothing will be too hard for you. Amen. So uh, embrace this God life. Look at your neighbor and say, embrace the God life. And, of course, the God life he's talking about is a life of faith, all right? So what's, well, how's this word defined again? The word faith is defined as uh, belief in. The Greek word, of course, pistis, which means to believe in, a persuasion, a conviction, a reliance, or a dependence upon, amen, to be assured of, trust in. Uh, to have confidence in. Of course, we've taken some time. One, one week we talked primarily about trust. One week we talked, in fact, last week we talked about confidence. Amen. So uh, we're going to shift gears a little bit because it's all about embracing this God life, this life of faith. Amen. Uh, we're going to go to Ephesians 6. Put that up there. And uh, I'm just going to steal a verse out of it for the most part. Uh, I'm talking about in context about the armor of God. How many know you got to put on the armor of God? Yes. Now, one of those pieces of the armor, of course, is the, uh, is the shield of faith. Amen. Verse 16 says this, uh, above all, I like that, above all. So he talks, you know, he's talking about the breastplate of righteousness and, the, you know, the belt of truth and the feet shod with the preparation of the gospel. And the above all, taking the shield of faith, you know, so obviously it's pretty important. Come on. I said it's pretty important. Amen. So you got to have your shield up. Praise God. It says here in verse 16, above all, taking the shield of faith with, with which uh, you will be able to quench, and it says, all the fiery darts of the wicked one. All right. Um, the word fiery here uh, means uh, ignited, inflamed, um, which when, it, when you kind of look those up, it means something that's intensified or magnified. It also means uh, refined. In other words, something that's calculated or uh, deliberated, okay? So it means it's pretty, it's pretty calculated, these fiery darts. Are you with me? Now, we're not here to give any glory to the enemy by any means, but I think sometimes we need to understand, you know, you got to know about your enemy, right? Um, the, uh, let's see, put the, uh, uh, the Amplified on this one again. Let's see what, how it words it here. Lift up, uh, lift up over all the covering shield. He calls it the covering shield of saving faith, which upon which, pardon me, you quench or can quench all the flaming missiles. Okay. Flaming missiles. And, you know, for whatever it's worth, they're kind of like heat sinking. Anyway, leave that alone, I guess. Uh, maybe smart bombs or something. I don't know. They try to, you know, you got to remember your enemy tries to, you know, he, he kind of watches you. You know what I mean? And he kind of, you know, watches your life, and as you, especially as you grew, and 
He knows what pushes your buttons. He knows what makes you upset, what gets you sad, what gets you depressed, what gets you, uh, you know, worked up. Come on. Uh, he's pretty good at it. So that's why it's calculated. It's something that's been uh, deliberated. It's something that he has, you know, he's, he's, he knows what he's sending your way. But according to this, your shield of faith can quench all that, right? So it ain't like it has to penetrate. It ain't like it has to hit you. But you have to be understand that it is coming, so you better have your shield up. Okay, let's try that again. You better have your shield up. All right, so let's uh, put the, uh, I think it's the Passion Translation on this one. It says, in every battle, uh, take faith, I love this, as your wraparound shield. Okay, your wraparound shield. Um, for it is able to extinguish the blazing arrows coming at you from the evil one. Okay, so again, it's just another way of saying it, but we know where it's coming. We know its source. Uh, we know what he's throwing at us for the most part, and we also know how to stop it. Is that right? Am I right? Okay, nothing complicated, all right. Now, there's all kinds of things um, that, that war against your faith, and that's what's coming at you here. Stuff like, uh, we could say things like doubt, um, you know, which a lot of ways is defined as like the second thought. Here comes a second thought, which is, you know, that'll come up again probably before the day's up, um, before the service is up, I mean. Um, unbelief. How many times maybe the senses or the emotions? Come on, things that happen. Now, just, this is stuff that starts happening, and then all of a sudden it, it starts hitting you on all realms here. Um, another thing, maybe, how about just natural reasonings uh, or even natural abilities? Sometimes, you know, just taking a look at, you know, you start analyzing where, you know, the enemy somehow or another gets you to start thinking on a certain way. Come on, somebody. And really, to be honest, the blazing arrows are just that, um, thoughts. Okay? Now, here's the reason we say it, and, you know, without getting into it for an hour here. Uh, if you back up to verse 11 on Ephesians 6, and it just says, you know, uh, put on the whole armor of God. You know, it says the whole armor. Okay, well, well why? Why should I do that? I don't, I don't like it all. It's, it's too heavy, or it's too this, or it's too that, or... Do I really have to do it every day? Do I really, you know, put on the whole armor? Why? Well, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of who? Of the devil. Okay, now the word wiles here. Uh, now, i got to kind of say some of this because of where we're going tonight. Um, because you just have to understand this is how he works. All right? So, he standing against the wiles of the devil. Uh, the word wiles comes out of the word, the Greek word methodia, okay, which means he has a method. Okay, but it means a road that's been traveled over and over and over again. It also means the scheming or trickery or the plotting to try to, uh, you know, it's deceptive in its nature. But you have to understand that he, he, go, he takes it down roads that, that he usually takes down. Now, with each person, it might be a different roadway. And if you've done, you know, any, which I'm not by any means a scholar on any of this stuff, I'll tell you that right now, but I've, I've heard a little bit of, teaching on stuff about the operation of the brain and all that kind of thing and uh, how thought patterns work, and they all travel down certain patterns. They, they, they forge a path. Every, every brain, uh, as you grow up, you take in thoughts and, and begins to process a certain way, and, that, and then it takes certain patterns. And that's why you have to renew your mind because you have to break some of those patterns. Are you still with me? That bounce around up there. And so the enemy knows that, and so he, each person has a different area that he kind of hits you with, and uh, some of it becomes similar to one another. Some of it could be different. What happens with you might be different with me. Um, but you just have to understand that he tries to, he, his method, he takes roadways that are pretty common and hits you with. Still with me? Okay, uh, throw up the 2 Corinthians verse up there, if you will. Uh, another common text, but we've got to bring it up. Uh, lest Satan should take advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his, what? Devices. Okay, so this word devices here, uh, just it refers to deceptions or perceptive thoughts, purposes. It literally means the intellect, mind, or mental games, or head trips. Still with me? 
So the only reason I'm saying all this, I'm only bringing this up because those, those arrows, you have to understand really what's coming your way uh, is, for the most part, it deals with thoughts, thought patterns. Okay? And so that's how it works. Now today I'm going to talk about a thing called fear. Okay? Because it's a pattern, uh, you know, the enemy uses fear, um, you know, to get you to doubt, to get you to back up, to quit, to get you, uh, you know, to, to shut down. Are you still with me? So that's part of what he works. In fact, you'll find most of the things, most of the deceptive tools that he uses are all fear-based. I mean, you can break them down and they always end up being somehow or another, they're fear-based thoughts. Are you still with me? Now, I said a lot there in just a short time. We could take the time and go through all this, but I don't have time for all that tonight, okay? So we're going to talk about fear and uh, because that's how he uses it. It's how he works with it. So what I want to do tonight is um, hopefully encourage you to lift your shield of faith and not let fear dictate. Are you still with me? Every time fear is in control, it takes the steering wheel and literally it's in control. And it will dictate your life, okay? Because you're giving place to the source of fear. Still with me? Okay, so with that said, um, what is fear, okay? Um, the word fear, uh, for the most part in, in the New Covenant, it's the, uh, the Greek word's phobos, where we get our word phobia. Okay, uh, Phobos, but it means everything from anxiety, now hear me, anxiety, worry, dread, panic, apprehension, and even insecurity. Are you with me? Because these are just all different ways, and it all, in, in fact, that word Phobos refers to all of it, anxiety and worry. Well, it's okay to worry. No, it ain't okay to worry. The Bible specifically tells you not to worry. Come on now, and, he, and, and you have to understand that's, a, that's, that's really a commandment of God. It's not just a friendly suggestion. Not to worry. Be anxious for nothing. He doesn't want you being anxious about, come on, right? Are you still with me? I mean, we can go on and on. You know, don't be apprehensive or stagger, the word talks about, to, to, to stutter, you know, in, in the sense of, of your faith, okay? Not talking about, you know, verbally. I'm talking about just in your faith, okay? So it warns you about that, all right? All this comes out of a fear. It's all fear-based, all right? I'm just going to throw a few statements at you, and then we're going to dive into the, ver the word here. Fear causes nervous reactions in our decision-making. That's how anxiety works, okay? It, causes, it gets you nervous, and all of a sudden you react to it, and your decisions ain't very good. You can miss God just by letting a little fear in. Are you with me? Fear causes hesitation. When movement is required, that's what doubt does. Fear causes impulsiveness when inactivity is required. So that's why, see, sometimes it can literally flip the stage of what God needs for you right that moment, but because of fear, when you should be just relaxed and resting in God, you're jumping the gun, or when you should be moving forward, you're not moving because of fear. You see how that, why this becomes so critical, all right? And so fear-based thoughts are trying to shut you down. Those things come, and you got, but the way you shut it down is with the faith, with your faith. Amen. Lift the shield of faith, all right? We're going to talk more about that. So let's look at some different kinds of fear. Um, and I've, I've touched on some of these things before. It's been a while since I have, but let's look at uh, Hebrews 2 for one of them. To me, this is probably the granddaddy of them all uh, for the most part. And it's called the fear of death. The fear of death. How many know you as a believer, you don't need to be fearing death? Come on now. Now, I ain't asking you to go out and, come on, act foolish. Come on. I ain't asking you to, you know, to check out here early. Come on. But we have to understand that the fear of death is, is you have to understand that any time, uh, you know, somebody says, well, um, you know, I manage it. Well, how many know you're not called to manage fear? It's called to remove fear. Yeah. All right, now I'll explain that and you'll see why here in a second. Okay, so verse 14, 
just says this, Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same, that through death he might destroy him who had, past tense, had the power of death. That is the devil. He don't know more. Come on. He did, but he don't now. Jesus paid a price. Come on. Verse 15 now. And release, come on, release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Now, <clears throat> fear of death can be a pretty broad subject, um, but uh, you, we have no business fearing death. Okay. Now, it says here that it's the one, somebody that's caught up in the fear of death, it says the, that they're subject to bondage. But he released us so we wouldn't have to be subject to bondage. Okay? So subject to bondage. So what does that mean? Um, the word here, uh, to be subject to bondage, means, means liable to slavery. Get that. It means to be a slave unto. It means to be in service to. Now get that. So the fear of death, when you allow the fear of death, then you're given place to the enemy, and now we're given service to it. A lot of people don't do what God asked them to do because of the fear of death. Some people won't even cross a bridge. Won't even get in an elevator. Now, I'm not picking on nobody, but you have to understand that every time we let that in, it's, it's what we're doing, we're, we're, we're making ourselves subject to bondage. Are you hearing me? I mean, we gotta, we got to face these things. we got to lift that shield and say, I refuse to yield to the fear of death. Now, I didn't ask anybody to step out into a highway in front of an 18-wheeler. Right? Come on. You know, somebody would say, you know, well, a little fear doesn't hurt nobody because that, that'll keep them off the street. No, you, you, don't, you don't teach fear. Come on. You teach respect. You teach honor. Come on, somebody. You teach wisdom. Come on, right? You don't have to teach fear. Still with me? Now, we have to understand that anytime we do that, see, we, we bring ourselves into a place of bondage or that individual into a place of bondage. So, <clears throat> here's the last part of that. Subject to bondage also means to give the lead to. So anytime we're, 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 we're yielding to the fear of death, probably any fear to be honest, but the fear of death especially, we're giving it lead. It dictates our life. Now we overcome the enemy by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of our testimony, and then here's the third one, and loving not our lives even unto death. So, you know, it's not talking about just, you know, looking for death or egging on death. Come on, somebody. Or tempting God with your life. But we're talking about, see, any time the enemy has you by the fear of death, then he can take the lead. So when God starts talking to you about things, you'll, you'll literally shut down certain things because you won't even go there because of a fear. Anybody hear me? All right, let's look at a couple references on this one. Okay, now, are you glad you came out on a Wednesday night? All right, now this, I think this is pretty key, all right? Uh, I, you know, the enemy fought me even before I got up here today. Just, just attacked my body just with this thing. And oh, I got the victory, and I'm whole, and I'm well, and hallelujah. But I think you know this is stuff he he wants you to stay away from. But he's a liar. Second Corinthians five verse seven and eight. Put that up there. For we walk by faith and not by what, by sight. Okay, verse eight. In context, what's he talking about? For we are confident, yes, well pleased rather, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Amen. Now, we're, like I said, we're not looking for anybody to check out early, but you just have to understand, you have nothing to fear. Right. To be absent from this body is to be present with the Lord. Right. And I don't care how you cut it. You might have a great life going on, but ain't nothing going to be better than standing next to Him. So, I mean, you really got, you know, so when you allow that fear to dictate, so what happens is it can literally shut you down 
cause you to be more moved by natural things. Are you still hearing me? Uh, like I said, I don't want to pick on nobody. I mean, everybody's got things maybe they're working through or things that maybe, you know, you know, I don't like spiders and snakes. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you know, there's all kinds of things that people get kind of panicked about or get worked up about. And, and if you don't watch it, you teach your kids that. And then they just carry it on into the next generation. And then we wonder why, why God has no place in their life because we've opened the door for this kind of mess. And the enemy takes lead in areas of, of our life, of their life, because we've taught them fear. Look at your neighbor and say, lift that shield of faith, will you? Okay, put uh, Mark 4. Let's look at this, Mark 4 and 35. We're going to read through this little story. And on the same day when the evening had come, he said to them, let us cross over to the other side. Now, what are they supposed to do? Cross over to the other side. Okay. Now, when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat. Now, this time Jesus is in the boat. Come on. So they took him along in the boat as he was, and other little boats were also with him. Verse 37. And a great windstorm wind arose. Literally means a mega. That word great is the Greek word mega. So mega windstorm arose, okay, and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling, all right? Now, how many know that? That'd probably make you start praying, right? Okay, uh, uh, come on. And, but he was in the stern, okay, sleep, asleep on a pillow, okay? And they woke him and said to him, teacher, do you not care? That's what, that's what fear would do to you, make you say stupid stuff. It does, doesn't it? I mean, sometimes the things you say when you're all panicked. You, you, you just told Jesus he don't care. Told Jesus he don't, he don't care about you, don't care about, you know, come on, right? Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Verse 39. And he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. Everybody say, praise the Lord. Praise Hallelujah. Verse, thir- uh, verse 40, please. But he said to them, Why are you so fearful? And he said this, how is it that you have no faith? Get your shield up. What's the deal? What are you so worked up about? But you notice how fear and faith oppose each other. So if you really want to get technical, fear is nothing but perverted faith. I mean, really. It's, it's a belief in the worst. It's a belief that it won't happen, or a belief that, you know, you know, whatever you can imagine the worst or whatever, it's a belief in that. So in a sense, it's perverted faith. Years ago, a statement was made, um, somebody teaching on fear, and they had said, made a statement, they said, fear tolerated is faith contaminated. So to the degree that you allow fear in your life is the degree that your faith has been contaminated. All right. I thought that was a pretty good statement. Um, and again, I want to say this, I uh, said it earlier, but fear doesn't need, uh, pardon me, fear needs to be removed, not managed. Okay. We don't manage, think about this, we don't manage bondage. You don't manage bondage. You get rid of bondage. Okay. Um, you know, you think about, you know, you're in the, in, basically in a sense of enslaved, so if, if I told you, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to duct tape you and put you in a corner for 12 hours. And you say, well, no, I, I'm not going to let that happen. But I'll tell you what, I'll let you duct tape me and put me in the corner for four hours. Well, that seemed pretty stupid, wouldn't it? So you're managing it. You, you're, you're trying to... to Debate a little bit and work it and manage it. Listen, I won't do 12 hours, but how about, how about four? Now, now I'm just I'm using that because you don't think, well, that's stupid. I ain't going to let you duct tape me nothing. <laughs> right? So, right? All right. Uh, you know, I, I'm going to come in your house and I'm going to take half your guns.
right? Right? Y'all think that's silly, but the devil comes along and pounds you with something, and you take it, and you try to manage it. And the whole time, he's nothing but a liar. He's a deceptive liar that wants to run your household, that wants to, amen, you let him in the car and just two miles down the road, and he's driving. You let him in the house, you say, you can sleep in the back bedroom, but before the night's up, he's moved into the master and kicked you out. That's how he works. Okay? Now, again, my ploy tonight is not, uh, my attempt tonight is not to magnify the devil. But you have to understand, he works through fear. That's one of his main tactics, fear-based thoughts. And so what happens then, it begins to dictate. It gets a place, and then he just ransacks. He just keeps taking. How is he? Where's the faith, man? Why are you so fearful? So, look at your neighbor and say, lift that shield of faith. All right. Still with me? All right. Romans 8. Let's look at another one. Romans 8. <laughs> Romans 8. Have I ever told you how much I love Romans 8? <laughs> Some of you are waiting for me to say that, weren't you? <laughs> Romans 8. Let's do uh, verse, uh, we'll go verse 14, kind of work our way down here. Um, yeah, let's do that. Okay, R verse 14 says this, For as many as are led... That literally means to be induced or influenced or inspired. And then it was led. That literally means to, to be able to, to hear and to follow. Okay, so as many as are led by the Spirit of God. It says then that these are the sons of God. And that word sons, of course, weos, which means mature ones. In other words, the more you, the more you will be led by God, the more mature you are. doesn't matter how, how old you are in the faith. What matters is how much you, you'll let God lead you. Are you still with me? So when God starts stopping you about, hey, what you're thinking on, what's your, your reaction, what you're doing, and you get respond to that and react to what he says, amen, that determines maturity. Still with me? So these are the sons of God, or weos of God, for verse 15, for we did not receive a spirit of bondage again to fear, but we received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit, that we are children of God. Of course, it goes on, if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs of Christ. Of course, if we're willing to walk it and live it, just like he did. Amen. So, what is he talking about here? Well, the, the Passion Translation says, he calls it, uh, the fear of never being good enough. Because really what he's talking about is a fear of failure here. Because in context, it's talking about following God, being led by God, and he's not giving you fear. You're part of the family. Keep moving forward. Come on. Hallelujah. You don't have to worry about, just move forward. Some people don't go anywhere because they, they're afraid of making a mistake. You're a child of God. A price has been paid for you. Now, he's not encouraging mistakes. That's why we're talking about, you know, being led. The more you're led, the, the less mistakes you make. The less you're led, probably the more mistakes you make. Right? But he talks about, he's not giving you a spirit of bondage again to fear, but a spirit, right, of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father, praise God. You're part of a household, part of a family. So you don't have to give in to this fear. Amen. He calls it a spirit of bondage. Amen. So he's still referring to it as bondage. All right. So um, put, uh, what I'm going to do here, put Philippians 1, 6. I think we used this last week talking about confidence. Uh, we read this text, I think. Uh, verse 6 is being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Being confident. In other words, another, another way of saying believing, having faith in God, amen, that the fact that he who begun something is going to finish it. Right? So just another thing to say, lift your shield of faith. Stop being so fearful of making a mistake. Listen, some people are so fearful to make mistakes, they don't go nowhere. So that in itself is a mistake. The whole time God is moving you forward, trying to lead you forward, but you're afraid to go forward 
because you're afraid you're going to do it wrong. You know, you're going to end up doing, you know, doing, saying, being, whatever. Wait a minute, you're part of a household of faith. You're a, you're a child of God. Amen. You've been adopted into the family. Amen. Just, just purpose, I'm going to be better, a better listener and a better follower tomorrow than I was today. Come on, that's what he's trying to say. He says, the price has been paid for you, but you, you have no excuse just to sit and do nothing. Uh, let's see, give me uh, chapter 4, verse 13. Here's a common verse. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I'm just, it's just another, another, another verse. I, just, I, I can do all things through Christ. Well, I just don't know if I, I can do all things through Christ. He who's begun a good work and me will finish it. Amen. Today, I, I didn't look like I was finished yet. Come on. I just don't feel so finished today. Well, praise the Lord. Amen. Just keep moving forward. Because you can be confident that he who begun a good work is going to finish that work. So what's that? Lifting your shield of faith. Every time you feel like, you know, I can't, I'm afraid to take a step forward, lift that shield of faith. You have to take authority over them thoughts. That's why the word says take every thought captive. That's part of it. You got to take that fear-based thought captive and say, wait a minute. God's called me to do this, I can do this. God said I can be that, I can be that. God said I can, I can walk this, I can walk this thing out. If God said, amen, that I can fulfill this, I can fulfill it. Praise God. Amen? You can't let fear in because it'll shut you down. You know, a lot of people say, well, I, 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 want, I want to be up there on the top of the stairs. I want to do, well, listen, there's steps. And if you're too afraid to take a couple steps, and don't think that you're going to, you know, when I was a kid, you know, I... I, I never stepped on all the steps, right? Now at, you know, almost 55, I, I probably catch most of the steps now. Just saying. Huh? Not usually. <laughs> the point is, you know, you know, as a kid, you know, you kind of take about four or five at a time and just up the stairs you go. And, but in, in, the, in our walk in faith, that ain't how it works. You got steps and, uh, you know. And uh, so a lot of times people say, well, I don't, I don't want to do all that. Well, yeah, well what do you, why wouldn't you do that? Well, you know, it's fear-based. Well, no, it's about timing. I just, I just in a hurry. No, you're afraid that you ain't going to have time to get something done. Just saying. Well, if I don't get married now, I have time to have kids. Whoa, whoa, breaks. Now I got a couple over here just they just got engaged. So I don't want them all panicked here. I'm talking about it. Amen. So, amen. So praise the Lord. I'm, I'm not picking on nobody. All right. Amen. But sometimes people are so concerned. Well, you know, I'm getting up there in years. Well, now wait. You're willing to, to risk not following God here? I'm not trying to meddle. I'm just saying that's just well, that's fear-based. So what happens is now you've made a decision based on fear. So you do you think you got God involved in that? But you probably got somebody involved in it. So what what's gonna what's gonna happen? You know, if we're gonna give the enemy place, I'm I'm just saying. You know, I mean. No matter how you look at that, it's got an ugly ending. Are you with me? Well, I'll get it done, then I'll repent, and God will just make it right. Well, and then he puts you back down at the bottom of the stairs again. <laughs> okay, I'll leave that one alone. <laughs> I'm just, but you'll just find that a lot of, if you, after, if you stop and kind of look at some of the decisions, uh, you know, sometimes you can actually you can see it. If you stop and you kind of look at it, you go, that was fear-based. I based that on, on a fear or panic or worry. Whew. Well, I better get this one done because I, so we don't have to do it next week, right? Anyway, praise the Lord. Put, uh, put, uh, Let's see here. How about this? Uh, put Proverbs 24, 16. Just throw that one up there. That'd be a good one. Well, 
what if, what if, what if it's a thing? Well, Pastor, I don't want to move forward in that because every time I do, I fall flat on my face. That comes up, right? That's a fear. So you're afraid because it's happened in the past, that's probably what's going to happen to you now. But it's fear-based. Well, God says move forward. Well, I've messed that thing up so many times. Well, it says a righteous man will fall seven times and rise again. Yeah, but pastor, I did it way more than seven times. So that don't apply to me anymore. Well, actually, the, the number seven means complete, okay? So you could be really good or complete at falling. And no matter what, the emphasis is you rise again, right? The wicked will fall by calamity, but the righteous will get up and keep moving forward. Praise God. A price was paid. Come on, don't forget what we read earlier in Romans. You're part of a family. You're part of a household. Get up again. Keep moving. So if part of that's because, you know, I've fallen, uh, Micah 7 says this, that though I fall, I shall arise. Amen. In fact, he says, he says you know, he taught, he's even in the context referring to the enemy. Hey, enemy, don't rejoice. You ain't got nothing on me. So I stumbled. I get back up again and I move forward. Amen. So anyway, praise the Lord. Do not rejoice over me, my enemy. When I fall, I will arise. When I sit in darkness, that literally means in a dark place or been in a place that it's not looking so good, the Lord will be a light to me. Amen. Now, a big shot is just a little shot that kept shooting. Oh, I thought that was spiritual, but anyway. All right, here we go. <clears throat> Fear of failure will always keep you in your current condition. You'll never move forward if you're constantly afraid uh, of, of making a mistake. All right? Now, we're not encouraging mistakes. The enemy, the Lord's not encouraging mistakes. Um, you know, go back to Romans 8 again. It just says that if you're, if you're going to be led, the more you're led, the less mistakes you make. So instead of just being panicked and, and say, I'm not going to move forward, just purpose in your heart, I'm going to be a better listener and a better follower. I'm going to be more led by the Spirit of God. Amen. And make less mistakes. Praise God. Amen. We never, here we go, we never live beyond our most predominant thoughts. So if they're fear-based thoughts, come on, you never live beyond that. So fear dictates. It takes the wheel. It controls. It brings you into a place of bondage and it leaves you there. Still with me? Okay, let's look at another one here. Uh, let's go to uh, 2 Timothy 1. You can't really talk about fear without bringing this one up. Okay, 2 Timothy 1. You doing okay? Yeah. <clears throat> 2 Timothy 1 says this. Let's, uh, I'm going to back up. We'll read part of this. Verse 3 says, I thank God whom I serve with a pure conscience, as my forefathers did, as without, uh, without ceasing. I, I remember you in my prayers. Of course, now this is Paul talking to Timothy. Okay, I remember you in my prayers night and day. Uh, greatly desire to see you, being mindful of your tears. In other words, you, he's got a lot going on. Right now what's happening, his, his church is being pressured. Uh, they're coming in. They're actually killing some of his leaders. So he's got all kinds of attack coming right now on his church. So a lot's happening. So there's a little bit of, there's some fear trying to grip his heart right now. Talking about Timothy, all right? So greatly desire to see you, being mindful of your tears, that I may uh, be filled with joy when I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you. Come on which dwelt first in your grandma, come on, Grandma Lois, and your mother Eunice, amen, and I am persuaded it's in you too. So in other words, just three generations of faith people, come on somebody, hallelujah. And he says, listen, you got faith in their son, lift your shield. That's what he's talking about here, all right. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. Now that's, that's critical, that's, that's good to know, right, because he knows he's got a leading not only uh, an inward witness, but somebody laid hands on him, amen, spoke over him the word of the Lord, come on, he's not only got the, the written word, he's not only got an inward witness, but he's also got an outward manifestation that happened, one of the gifts in operation that spoke over him, right? Now that's all, it's all, that's why it's all been, it's being spoke here. So verse 7 then says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. 
All right? Now, these are all things, amen, power, uh, uh, dunamis, okay? So, in other words, you've got, uh, you've got power. You've got power on your side. Why? Because you have a big God. So, you've got power that's available. The end of love, which means, you know, God ain't about to turn his back on you. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. Why? Because he loves you, right? And a sound mind. Why? Because we need it. Because that's where the warfare is happening right now. That's where all the warfare is for him right now. Okay, so spirit of fear. So what's he, what's he talking about here? Uh, the Amplified says a spirit of timidity, all right? Cowardice, okay? It means being sheepish or faint-hearted, but literally means a lack of courage for the task at hand. So all of a sudden, we're lacking courage for the task at hand. So we've talked about the fear of death, the fear, uh, the fear of failure, but this really is more like a fear of the unknown, okay? Now, even though he's been given a witness, you know, the previous verse says he was given, you know, hey, you've got a leading of God, all right? You know where you should be going. You know what you should be doing. But it looks a little unsure here because of everything that's happening right now, right? I mean, I just lost another leader. They were stoned to death out at the city square because they're a believer, Yesterday, they killed, a, they killed my youth leader. And a week ago, one of my Sunday school teachers got whacked off. Come on. Got taken out. Are you hearing me? I mean, all of a sudden, there's all these things are going on, and they got pressure. Over, the city now is down on us. They don't like us. They don't want us. I think it's just easier to run. They don't want us? Fine. Paul says, whoa. That's fear. You know what you should be doing. Stay with it. You've seen nothing but success up to this point. So don't let a moment of attack or intimidation dictate your life. Still with me? So he's telling me, he says, don't back, don't back up, don't quit. So another thing could be the fear of the unknown. Um, tell you what, let's, uh, we'll skip that uh, reference. Let's go to the Joshua 1. Put that up on the board, if you will. Let's do Joshua 1, 9. Now, Joshua 1, he's got a leading of God, what he should be doing. God's already through the first eight verses basically just said, listen, Moses is gone now. You got the, you got the reins. You're going to take this, and this is what you're going to do. You're going to take the land. You're going to do this. You're going to do that. And he says, now, don't get all worked up. You just do what you should be doing. Stay with it. Stick with it. And he says, have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Okay, so bottom line says this, okay, you know what you should be doing, but yeah, is it unknown? We don't really know what's going to happen tomorrow. All I know is I got to go in and we're going to, we're going to take the land. Okay, I got to, got to go in and first take Jericho. And he didn't know, maybe, maybe he didn't know every city he had to take right away. Maybe it came to him after each time, but Jericho and Ai, and we had a problem there at Ai, and then they went back and took care of the business. Come on, got that handled. And I think they had, after that, 31 consecutive victories after that. Now, he knows what he's supposed to do, but part of it wasn't even the fact that, you know, he wasn't really fearful of the fact that God could or couldn't. He was probably more, I think he's probably a little bit more unsure about all the other people standing behind him. What happened with Moses? They whine, they murmur, they gripe, they complain. Come on. He gets mad, does something stupid. He doesn't get to go in now to the promised land. You know, it's not the same people because that generation died in the wilderness, but yet the next generation is coming up. Now he's got to take the reins and take it in. So what, what does that mean? And he even talked about, you know, in that first few verses there, he's dealing with the fact that, you know, you, gotta, you, you can't let fear in. Stand your ground. Remember who you are. Amen. Do what you're called to do. Finish it. And I'm with you. Right? So part of it is just the fact, you know, are these people going to be, you know, wanting to stone me in three days? So that's unknown. 
I mean, if anybody, if anybody knew and seen that, it was a guy called Joshua. Joshua and Caleb both saw that whole thing go down. They both stood their ground. That's why they're the only two of that generation that got to go into the promised land. So God's deal with him, saying, listen, okay, now this is, here's, here's what you got to do. Now, don't give in to fear. Okay, so what is it God's talking to you about? So maybe it's not maybe the fear of making a mistake. Maybe it's just, I just don't know what's ahead. And I'm a little concerned. You know, God wants me to invest in something, but what, what if it falls? Or what if it, you know, I don't know what, what did God lead you? Well, God's uh, directing me to, to be a part of this or to do this. Okay, then uh, why, why don't we do that? Well, I've had a lot of people, listen, listen, a lot of people come tell me what God's telling them to do. I, I'm not picking on nobody. It's just because over the years, it just well, this is what God's telling me. This is what God's telling me. Okay. Well, that's what God's telling you. Then let's do that. Let's move forward in that. Amen. Sometimes what happens, we talk about it, we kind of appease our conscience and we think, well, God, and somehow it makes it okay and it ain't. Come on. God's leading. Okay. Has God ever uh, told you to deal with something in your household? That could be unknown what's going to happen. Why? Because there's people involved. Has God ever told, told you to deal with something in, in your department or something? And, you know, happen so it's a fear of an unknown thing come on because people are involved am I right um, I, I think I need to say something to my spouse but I can't and I'm not open up don't you all walk out Woo! got the red light or green light let's go you gotta say something here now I'm just saying if God's talking to you about saying something and you won't say something because you're just afraid well, so now we're just, we're just letting fear dictate. <laughs> Sometimes that's why some things never get dealt with, never get handled. Put uh, Acts 20, put that one up there. Verse 24 says this. This is Paul now. Paul just got told, even by, the, by a word of the Lord through somebody, that your days ahead, there's going to be rough waters ahead. And he said this, but none of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself, so that I may finish my race with joy and the ministry which I received from the Lord uh, Jesus to testify uh, to the gospel of the grace of God. Amen. Uh, I put down in my notes, live for what, what's recorded in heaven, not for what's recorded on earth. You know, and so a lot of times we won't move forward with our, our race or what we're called to do because we're just fearful of what might happen. And, um, and the whole time, so that thing never, it, 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 it never comes into fruition because we, we, we were so fearful of what it might happen or not, might not happen or what could happen. Whew. In the meantime, we, we don't go, we don't move forward. Fear gives birth to confusion. You know, you sit back and, and you, you start hesitating. Remember, part of that is uh, that apprehension. And pretty soon, you, so you start second-guessing everything. Now, listen, there's nothing wrong once in a while, you know, talking with somebody, you know, somebody that you trust and, and you know, this is what I feel in my heart. You know, what do you think, you know? And, uh, you know... You should at least, you know, test it with the word. I'm not telling you just go do something goofy, right? You should, you know. But a lot of people just don't do anything. So what happens is we don't get something done. We don't get something changed. We don't get something addressed or something shifted into a, to a new, new level, new whatever. I mean, it's the same thing running a ministry. Well, sometimes, you know, if I do that, oh, my God, there's going to be all kinds of things going to happen. Part of it comes because based on, you know, in the past, those things have happened. 
right? So what happens is there's a little apprehension. But if you don't watch it, you, you play around with that, and it just opens the door for confusion because God's not the author of confusion. But confusion comes in. Now we sit in here, we struggle with it. One minute, well, maybe, well, and pretty soon we, we don't take any steps forward. In the meantime, uh, the bidding and the leading and the prompting starts waning. That's another sermon. But fear limits us and keeps us locked up behind walls of containment. And the whole time you, you, you serve a God that has no, no limits. Am I right? Now, are, are you still glad you came out on a Wednesday night? Amen. I'm glad you did too. And uh, I fear is just something that needs to be addressed. And uh, so, uh, you know, fear of the unknown, fear of failure, the fear of death, these different ones. Now, here's another one. Well, this would be probably a good one to close on. Uh, Proverbs 29. Let's go there. Proverbs 29. And there are probably, you know, others, definitely, but these are kind of some king, kingpin ones, some key, key ones, maybe. Uh, Proverbs 29, 25 says this, The fear of man brings a snare, uh, but whoever trusts in the Lord, so, this, so in other words, lift the shield of faith. That's what trust is, faith, right? So faith in the Lord. So, you know, the fear of man brings a snare, but, the, but whoever trusts in the Lord shall be safe. Okay, now let's just define it a little bit. Okay, so the word snare here just means uh, a trap or a pitfall. It even describes it as a, to ensnare, to literally a noose or a hook even. So the enemy's got something he's laid out there, but it comes through a fear of man, this particular one. Now the word safe there, whoever trusts in the Lord shall be safe, it means secure, um, certain or set on high, lifted up to excel or to be strong. It's all Quite a few synonyms on that one, but but bottom line, to be secure. You're, you're safe and secure, amen, if you just trust God, right? Now, the fear of man, okay? Um, let's fly through a few of these, right, brother? Uh, or, or Karen, sorry, Karen's back there, I guess. So Karen, Psalms 118, verse 8 and 9, let's put that up, says this, It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in men. How many know that to be true? It is better to trust in the Lord and to put confidence in princes. Okay, now word princes there, uh, it, it refers uh, uh, to, uh, you know, uh, government, all right? And actually, if you bring it in, it also refers to um, wealth in the sense of um, living off of a handout. Okay, that's another sermon. But it's better to trust in the Lord and put your confidence in the hand of man or, or what they, you know, you shouldn't put your security in stuff that they hand out. Come on, somebody. Come on, that's what he's saying. Put your, put your trust in God, right? Put your faith in God. Lift the shield of faith. Amen. Don't, don't be trusting in, in uh, you know, uh, handouts and, and, the, and man, uh, man's ability. Come on. All right. Is that right? Okay, Hebrews 13, 6, put that up. Let's just, we're just going to throw them up here real quick. Uh, so we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. Why? What, what, you know, what can man do to me? God's my helper. I don't have to fear men. Now, listen, I didn't tell you to go walk out and say, that's right, I don't do anything a man says. Well, you're already operating out of fear because of the way you're acting. Come on, somebody. Come on. So it's not talking about being disrespectful or dishonorable. Come on. Sometimes God puts leaders in our life and helps us and leads us, you know, gives us wisdom, and it happens, right? In fact, that's one of the ways that God uses, just one of the ways, right, to lead and help guide us, give us help. Praise God. So we're not talking about, you know, rejecting everything any man ever tells you. Come on. But it does say I don't have to be fearful, amen, of what men can do to me. God's my helper. Amen. Uh, this actually comes out of a quote out of uh, Deuteronomy uh, in 31, verse 6. So that's kind of cool. Hebrews 13, 6, Deuteronomy 31 and 6. says this, Be strong and of good courage. Do not, do not fear, nor be afraid of them. For the Lord your God, He is the one who goes with you, and He will not leave you nor forsake you. Right? 
so I don't have to be fearful. God's with me. God's my helper. Come on. And I don't have to be fearful of men. Right? Give me another one here. Let's look at these. These are just, it's just worthy of looking at this. He, uh, Jeremiah, right? Is it Jeremiah now? Is that what I got? Jeremiah 1? Okay, this is the Lord talking. Um, first, I guess it starts with Jeremiah saying something. It says, Then, then said I, uh, all, all Lord God, or O Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a youth. Okay? Now remember, he's called by God to do something, right? But the Lord said to me, do not say I'm a youth, for you shall go to all to whom I send you, and whatever I command you, you shall speak. Verse 8, do not be afraid of their faces, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. Listen, a lot of people don't say things because they're all fearful what people are going to do. That's why we got a nation that's heading the direction it's, it was heading. Come on now. I believe we're changing that. Praise the Lord. But the point is, everybody's afraid to say something. They still are. Well, if I say that, I'm going to get sued. Or if I say that, everybody and their dog's going to... Or if I say that, everybody's going to leave my church. So that's what Jeremiah's talking about. Listen, every time I say the stuff you tell me to say, they all look at me funny. They all get mad at me. They all look down at, you know, down you know, their nose at me. And, I don't want to, you know, it's probably just because I'm a youth. No, it ain't because you're a youth. It's because of what you're saying. <laughs> and he says, you can't be afraid of their faces. Still with me? Listen, I don't want to get to heaven and found out that, you know, I, was, I couldn't say something because I was afraid of you. That is not going to happen. <laughs> Amen. Now, I ain't, ain't out there trying to look for a fight either. But the bottom line is, amen, you can't be fearful all the time of what, you know, if you're going to be all fearful what somebody, what somebody says or how somebody looks at you, come on. I think that's nothing but fear, right? Fear of man. How about 1 Samuel 15, verse 24? Let's put that up. This is... Um, Saul was asked to take care of business, and he didn't do it, okay? So he said this. Um, I mean, uh, did you get that one, First Samuel 15? Did that one get on you? First Samuel 15, verse 24. Maybe I didn't get it wrote down there. If I didn't, I apologize. <clears throat> there it is. So Saul said to Samuel, the prophet, I have sinned, for I have transgressed the commandment of the Lord and your word. Okay, of course, the word came through Samuel. Because I feared what? The people... And obeyed their voice, all right? I obeyed what they said instead of what God said. Kind of comes back to that same thing. You know, let's, let's have put more, con, uh, you know, more concern on what, what, what matters in heaven versus to what matters on earth, right? In other words, let's, 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 let's put more weight on what God says and on what people say, all right? Now, again, I ain't, I ain't saying let's get out there and let's all just go pick fights with everybody. I think, you, you know, follow God, be led by God, and I, you might be amazed at how God works things out. Amen? But I think sometimes people are so fearful of handling business or taking care of business because you're just fearful of what somebody else is going to think or how they're going to view you. Maybe they, they ain't going to like me no more. Well, they probably don't already. I don't know. Maybe they do. I'm just saying, I mean, you know, I, you know, uh, I found out through the, the hard way who my real friends were. I, you know, I was always concerned what everybody, you know, certain group always thought, and then when it came down to it, they weren't with me anyway. So it didn't didn't pay to try to appease them. Are you still with me? So it's better to just do what you're supposed to do. Now um, I um, put uh, John three. We're just wrapping this up here, but John three one, and we're still talking about the fear of men. John chapter 3, verse 1 and 2 is what I'm going to read here to him. Okay, it says this. There was a man of the, Pharisee, of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, okay, uh, a ruler of the Jews. So he's a, he's a Pharisee. Okay, verse 2. Amen. So this man came to Jesus by night. That's why we call him Nick at night. Anyway. So anyway. <laughs> anyway. 
So he came by night. Why did he come by night? Insecurity opens the door for intimidation. Insecurity spurs self-protection. Insecurity keeps us more self-conscious than God-conscious. See, it's just a type of fear. Fear of man, it really comes down to an insecurity. Okay, the reason that the Pharisee here, now praise the Lord, he did come to Jesus. We, we do rejoice at that. We got some of the verses that we, we use about you must be born again, and all that came out of this text, and, and uh, it was through his conversation with uh, Nicodemus. But uh, uh, the reason Nicodemus came at night is because in chapter 12, do we have that verse, chapter 12, and verse 43, for they love the praise of men, talking about Pharisees here, they love the praise of men more than the praise of God. They were more concerned about what people thought than what God thought. Are you still with me? And that was the danger. So in in a sense, it still comes down to a fear of men. Now they, of course, you know, we're on the other side of the spectrum trying to, you know, trying to impress everybody. But what really comes down to it is based on a fear of man. Because you're more concerned about what they thought of you than what God thought of you. Are you still with me? So the fear of men, um, just another type of fear. And so next time, you know, when you're moving along, if, uh, you know, you're having to step forward and do whatever you're called to do and move forward in life and walk in God or whatever it is, you know, and all of a sudden you find yourself stopping when you should be moving forward or you find yourself jumping the gun when you should be just relaxing and you find confusion coming in, you're finding all, stop and think, you know, because usually it's going to be some kind of fear-based thought. And it's time to take authority over that. Time to lift the shield of faith. Amen. Make a confession of faith that I will not yield to fear. Amen. I will not give in to the fear of death. I'll not give in to the fear of the unknown or the fear of failure. I will not give in to the fear of men. Right? You know, you've got a leading to say something and all of a sudden... Mm. So you have to ask yourself, you know, is that is that a fear? Right? So back to the very beginning of this thing. Remember, fear is bondage. So fear if given you know, if you give in to fear, you're giving in to the enemy, which is nothing but bondage. And pretty soon, it begins to control your life. And the whole time, the liberty and freedom that you were called to walk in and be and has all been now stifled or cut off or cut short because of fear. Are you still with me? Now, just to give a pastor's balance on this, I guess if there's such a thing, didn't say, you know, every time, you know, you butt in and interrupt everything and, you know, we are talking about being led by God, right? So if you're led by God and you're not dictated by fear, then God will always produce something good. Amen? Amen. Did you get something tonight? Give the Lord a praise. Come on. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Why don't you all stand up? Let me pray over you. Once again, thank you for having an ear to hear tonight. Amen? Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, lift the shield of faith. faith. Hallelujah. So, Father, we thank you for that shield of faith. Hallelujah. That with our faith we can overcome. We can conquer. Praise God. We can quench every fiery dart of the wicked one. So, Father, I thank you for a people to walk free from fear. You have not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind, praise God. Thank you, you've not given us a spirit of bondage again to fear, but a spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father, praise God. Father, we thank you, praise God, that we walk with confidence that the good work that you began, you are finishing, praise God. 
We thank you, Lord, amen, that we walk by faith and not by sight, praise God. We're not fearful. We're not putting fear, uh, you know, toward, uh, you know, about what the enemy might do or what people might do or what might say. Father, we're walking by faith, praise God. We're trusting in you, lifting that shield of faith. And Father, we give you the praise and the glory. Hallelujah. For a shield of faith. Hallelujah. And a people that walk free from fear. For that, I give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Give the Lord a praise. Come on now. Thank you for joining us for this message. We'd like to take this opportunity to encourage those listening from anywhere in Central Oregon to join us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. for our regular services. We understand that many do not have a home church, and we can't emphasize enough the importance of connecting with a church family. We'd be honored to meet you and spend time with you praising God.